Welcome to the first episode of Johanningsmeyer's Talk Sports. I'm your host, Noah Johanningsmeyer. Today, there is a lot of, lot to talk about with my guest, Jeff Johanningsmeyer. We will start by looking at the college football playoff semifinals, starting with the Notre Dame-Alabama game. Who do you think is going to win in that one? First off, I'd just say, you know, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on your podcast. So thanks a lot. Happy to be here. And uh, so, hey, let's dig into the CFP. So who do you like? Uh, I mean, it's hard to pick against Alabama, against Notre Dame. I mean, they are strong favorites. Uh, Alabama's basically destroyed everyone except Florida. Yeah, Florida was our only close game. And really, I think Florida is a better team than Notre Dame. Notre Dame just snuck in the college football playoff because they played Clemson without their star quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Right. The ACC does not look strong this year. Uh, basically, Clemson's the only really tough team they've played. They're getting – Notre Dame's getting some credit for beating North Carolina, but yeah, really question whether they're really a good team in themselves. So, Notre Dame, I mean, they were 10-0 and until they lost to Clemson, but Clemson basically dominated that game. Yeah, it was really like a 34 to 3 game even though Notre Dame did get that touchdown and basically garbage time late put the final score 34 to 10. That's still a horrible blowout and that's like playing the real Clemson team. The two overtime win over Clemson earlier in the year doesn't matter at all when you get blown out once Trevor Lawrence is back. Right. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, they're expecting him to be the best prospect since Andrew Luck coming out of college, maybe even better. So Clemson without Trevor Lawrence is a completely different team than Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, and Notre Dame did not show up that day. I mean, they got blown off the field, and Alabama is just as good or better. So it's tough to predict that will be a close game. Yeah. Alabama wins going away. Yeah, I think it just has to be an Alabama blowout. But then on the other side of the college football playoff, Ohio State-Clemson, ESPN-FBI right now has exactly a 50-50 odds for this game. Who are you going to take, though? It's hard to pick against Clemson. Uh, oh, the Big Ten was not as strong this year. Ohio State's uh, biggest win might be against Indiana. <laughs> They're not known as a football powerhouse. So they are having a great year. They have a recently new coach that seems to be turning around that program and he does seem to be uh, that program does seem to be making great strides in their competitiveness but uh, I'm not convinced Ohio State can keep up with Clemson yeah seeing how they played against Northwestern struggling and really getting carried by uh, Sermon their running back who before that game only had 300 yards on the season in that game, he had 300 yards. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting. I don't see how Clemson or how Ohio State can match Clemson, though. With Clemson could have an argument for being the number one team in college football still because their one loss is without, like you said, a prospect that might be the best since Andrew Luck or even better than Andrew Luck coming out of college. And like the clear number one overall pick right now, so I don't just I don't see how Ohio State can go out there and match Clemson. 
maybe the Big Ten is really underrated, and Ohio, Ohio State's actually really good. Northwestern and Indiana are actually really good teams, but I just don't see it. I think Clemson wins this, but it will be close. You think it will be a close game? Yeah. Yeah, I'm convinced. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page, leaning Clemson, but maybe leaning Clemson a little stronger than you. But, I mean, it's possible Ohio State found a new weapon in that Northwestern game, and maybe they can lean on their running game to kind of keep the Clemson offense off the field. But uh, I I think that was more just matchups with Northwestern that they were able to rely on their running game. I don't think they'll be able to do that against Clemson. Just through six games with Justin Fields, 15 touchdowns, five picks doesn't make me – think of him as a top three pick yeah. like he is projected to be and not not saying he doesn't deserve to be a first rounder he's a good player but I don't see how he's a top three pick or a guy near the level of Trevor Lawrence right it's really Trevor Lawrence than everyone else I think in the draft and the Jets really kind of shot themselves in the foot I think by winning a game in the NFL this past Sunday And now moving on, we're going to take a look at the top eight teams in the final college football playoff rankings and maybe give our ideas on what the college football playoff committee should have done instead of what they actually did. So uh, number one, we both definitely agree Alabama deserves to be there, right? Definitely, yeah. There's no way you can argue against that. And then Clemson as well definitely deserves to be number two. Their only loss, a lost to Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence in double overtime. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I w- would maybe put Ohio State number two and Clemson third, but it results in the same game. I mean, I do yeah. think Clemson is a better team, but they do have the one blemish on the record, albeit without Trevor Lawrence. But uh, Ohio State, they haven't looked strong in all their games, so maybe that's just the committee kind of Clemson passes the eye test better, uh, even though they do have the one loss. But, I mean, it's a it's an understandable loss not having Trevor Lawrence. So I understand why they're number two. But. Yeah, so at three as well, we don't really – two and three maybe could be flipped, but we're, we're not arguing those no. as much. But I mean, then four is where there's more disagreement through everyone with Notre Dame – but they do have that win over Clemson without Trevor Lawrence and the win over North Carolina. But they got completely destroyed in the ACC championship, and it <clears throat> makes it seem like either Texas A&M had a shot. Do you think Texas A&M should have been it? I think that comes down to the committee not wanting a rematch for the play, for the one of the final four. So they did not want Texas A&M against Alabama. I think Alabama was a clear number one, so they did not want Texas A&M, which would be a rematch. But for you personally, with not thinking about the matchups at all, would you put Texas A&M in with a blowout lost Alabama early on in the season? That was way back early on. Or Notre Dame with the blowout loss in the ACC championship? Which one are you putting in? Yeah, well, I want to go down even farther. If it was to me, I'm kind of rooting for the little guy. I, I want to see Cincinnati in that game. I mean, they have they have an unblemished record. 
yes, I mean, Texas A&M has some good wins. Notre Dame has the tradition. And then if, even if you go further, Oklahoma and Florida are two lost teams. I don't want to see them in there. So yeah. I think I would prefer actually Cincinnati. I see where you're coming from. They didn't get the chance this year yeah. because it was all in conference. But they have the 86th strength of schedule. Yeah. That's just completely terrible. I don't know how you can play that week of a schedule and then make the college football playoff. As where Georgia played ninth, the ninth ring strength of schedule. Florida seventh, Notre Dame thirteenth, Texas A M tenth. Like all those teams I think do have better shots. Or right. better shots at beating Alabama than Cincinnati does. Those teams have strong resumes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whether or not Cincinnati has a chance beating Alabama, I think is a separate issue. Yeah. I but think in this year with COVID, teams not playing out of conference. I would really wish they would have taken a page from the NBA where do something different. All right. Give teams didn't have a chance to play out of conference. It's hard to gauge conference versus conference. So give more people a shot at the national title. Expand to eight is what they should have done. Should have had the Cincinnati, should have had Florida, Texas A&M in there. And yeah. yeah, whether that eighth team is Georgia or Oklahoma, that's another debate, I guess. But I would have liked to see Cincinnati get a shot in the playoff. Well, to put Cincinnati at fourth, I see where you're coming from because number four and five, well, really, four through seven all got their big shots. Notre Dame got their ACC championship. That was your game. You win, you're in. Right. Texas A&M, it was week two. That's a little biased. I mean, I yeah. kind of see where you're coming from to put them in. Yeah, right. But then, they and all we- had the chance, which, granted, Texas A&M, that was a long time ago when they had their chance. Things changed. They could be a better team now than they were back then. But they did have a shot. And college football, it's how it's been every year. Every single game matters. Games late August, early September do matter for national championship aspirations. So they all had their chance. Yeah. Cincinnati never had a chance. And now we're going to move on to the NFL. Looking at the Saints Vikings game from uh, yesterday on Christmas Day, Alvin Kamara just completely tore it up. Six touchdowns. What did you think of his performance yesterday? I mean, he's been dominant since he came out of college, and that was just all the stars aligning for him. Um, He had some long runs. A lot of times, um, Breeze made plays to receivers who got tackled near the goal line, so it's just Camaro was a beneficiary, but he's a heck of a player and happy for him to get tied for that record. Yeah, a lot of people will even argue he should have broke the record. Sean Payton called for a Taysom Hill rushing touchdown on third and goal at the one. Alvin Kamara definitely could have had seven in this game. Right. And now and some implications to the playoffs came out of this game with the Saints clinching the NFC South and the Vikings being eliminated from the playoffs. And now moving on, looking forward, the Colts and Steelers play this weekend big game for both of them as Steelers are really still have a chance of not winning their division after that 11-0 start 
with those three straight losses. What do you think is going to happen in this game? Yeah, the last three weeks, or even before that, I mean, they barely beat Baltimore, lost to Washington, lost to Buffalo, lost to Cincinnati. I mean, they are reeling right now. I don't think it's going to be easy against the Colts for them. I look for the Colts to kind of come out and dominate this game. Yeah, and that Baltimore game that you mentioned that they barely won, that was RG3 starting. Lamar Jackson was out for that game. So it's really been the last four weeks they have struggled. And I do think the Colts will come out looking good. The main question for me is going to be which Phillip Rivers shows up. The one that looks great or the one that we've seen that we've seen a couple times this season that just throws away the game with a couple of picks. Right. Uh, really, hopefully, as long as the Colts don't fall behind early, which they have a good enough defense to keep them in the game, uh, if they can rely on the, their running game and Phillip Rivers just has to um, make plays kind of out of play-action pass where the linebackers are getting sucked in to help stop the run, if Jonathan Taylor can have a good day and Phillip Rivers just needs to make a few plays, if that's the script for the game, the Colts can definitely win using that, which how the Steelers have been playing lately, I think that's how the game could go. Yeah, the Steelers have to turn it around right now. I mean, after that 11-0 start, they have some cushion, but... Right now, you got two weeks before the playoffs. You've lost your bye. The Chiefs have the bye in the AFC now, basically, clinch. And then you just can't... If you have to play a road playoff game, if you lose your division right. first round because you just completely fell apart, you're losing that playoff game too. Yeah. <laughs> like They have to turn it around right now. They need to make sure they stay at home and just... It has to be... They have to come out hot against the Colts. Yeah, in a matter of month, it's possible that they could have gone from being 11-0 and and hosting playoff games all through the playoffs versus now not host being able to win their division and even host a single playoff game. So that's quite a fall in a month's time, and it's hard not to see them as one and done in the playoffs. Yeah. Unless they can turn it around the last two weeks. And now moving on to the next game. Next, a huge game on Sunday. Rams Seahawks, really a battle for their division. ESPN Football Power Index has it basically as a 50 50 matchup. Who are you going to end up taking in this one? (laughs) This one, I have no idea. The Rams were starting to scare me prior to last week. I thought they were strong contenders in the NFC, not alone just in the NFC West, but because uh, I'm a big Saints fan and kind of worried me the Saints have to play the Rams in the playoffs. But then the Rams go out and lose to the Jets. So who knows right now? <laughs> yeah, I really don't. Like, just looking at the last five games for the Rams, a loss to the Jets, beat New England, beat Arizona, lost to San Francisco, and beat Tampa Bay. It They looked really good all the way up until that Jets game. And I, I don't know how to pick this one. I think if they beat the Jets, I think I would be picking the Rams right now. But just coming off of that game, I think I have to take Seattle. And... 
I mean, the Rams have a great defense with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey leading the way. It's going to be really interesting to see how Russell Wilson can play with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett out there. It's going to be, I think, the Seahawks take this one. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. It, I think it definitely depends which Jared Goff shows up. I think he's been struggling lately. But the Seahawks defense provides him an opportunity to get it right. So the Seahawks offense is scary, but the Seahawks defense uh, leads a lot of opportunities for Jared Goff to have a good game. So this could be his springboard into a playoff run, or if he continues to struggle, maybe an early round playoff exit. Yeah, what amazes me looking at Jared Goff and Russell Wilson's stats you have Jared Goff with about the same completions, about the same attempts, same yards, same interceptions, and then Russell Wilson has 17 more touchdowns. <laughs> that just yeah, <laughs> looks so wrong. <laughs> yeah, that is a very unique stat there <laughs> where they can be so similar on yards. I mean, they're two completions different on the season. One interception different on the season. Goff actually has less, but the touchdown disparity, just 37 to 20. That's two different players right there. That's an MVP candidate versus kind of an average quarterback right now. Yeah. And now moving on to the next game where there is an MVP candidate who has not thrown many interceptions at all this season playing the Titans and Packers. Who are you going to take in this one? Yeah, this, this is a tough one for me. Uh, it seems like the Packers, they typically lately have been playing down to their competition and then just relying on Aaron Rodgers to bring them back. If they kind of uh, sleepwalk through the first quarter like they have been in a few games, Titans can jump on them and then they can just unleash Derrick Henry yeah. the rest of the game and the Packers will not be able to make that comeback. Yeah, I agree. I think if... The Packers get down early against the Titans. They got no room for error for the rest of the game because Derrick Henry can just milk the clock for the rest of the game. And Ryan Tannehill really does not turn the ball over, just like Aaron Rodgers has in this season. Yeah. And it's going to be really interesting. Devontae Adams is definitely going to be an X factor in this game, I think. Yeah, I definitely can see how the Titans can win this game. But I'm not picking against Aaron Rodgers. He's an MVP candidate for the reason. So for a reason, he's a bad man. <laughs> so I'm picking the Packers to win this one. Yeah, I'm gonna take Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in this one. I think Devontae Adams is gonna have three touchdowns in this game. Derrick Henry is also gonna play great, but I'm gonna take the Packers. And now moving on, talking about the NFL playoffs, who do you think is gonna get the one seed? In the NFC. Oh, in the NFC? I thought you were going AFC there. You well, yeah, the AFC is kind of on lock <laughs> for the Chiefs. I put that in, but... I see why you skipped that. Because, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> would anybody pick against the Chiefs at this point? And I think the answer would be no. So, yeah, going the NFC. I mean, I think the Packers do have it locked up. Well, I mean, I guess it does come down to the game today with... Or, Tomorrow. The game this weekend against the Titans, but I'm still picking the Packers. So I think everything would have to fall right for the Saints or Seahawks to 
sneak up and steal the one seed away. Yeah, for the Seahawks, it's really looking almost impossible. But for the Saints, it's either two Packers losses or one Packers loss, Seattle wins out, Saints win out, which that's possible. Seattle would, does have a tough game against the Rams, though, that they would have to win for the Saints to really have, still have hopes for that one seed. I do think the Packers will end up with the one seed, though. I don't think all all the stars will line up in the right place for the Saints to get the one. Yeah, I think this is a different Saints team than in years past. Uh, they're not, I mean, they are a dome team, but they are a more physical dome team. It's not the Drew Brees passing attack that it used to be. It's They have a run game and a strong defense. So I think that is a team that can travel in the playoffs. I think the Saints teams in the past would have really struggled if they had to go up to Lambeau Field and try to win in the NFC Championship, but I could see the Saints team pulling that off. Yeah, and with the Saints, just without Michael Thomas and Drew Brees for a lot of the time this season, they're really testing everyone else, and they've been able to produce to a certain extent. Yeah, they had a slip-up against the Eagles that cost them – or is really hurting them in their one seed chase right now. But they still have a chance at that one seed. And Michael Thomas is on IR right now, but that's only for one more game now, and he will be back for the playoffs. And the Saints really just put him on IR to have him fully healthy for the playoffs. Because, yeah, yeah, Quan Alexander getting hurt against the Vikings yesterday will hurt the Saints' defense, so it will definitely be interesting if you do say – or that scenario you made up, them going to Lambeau Field, can they take on the Packers and just um, with Alvin Kamara, really, as the main focus and Latavius Murray in there some. And but Alvin Kamara is a two-way player, really, for the Saints. Like, he can have the uh, checkdowns for Breeze and just take them for 40 yards. Or he can come out of the backfield and go for 40 yards. Yeah. It's definitely key for the Saints – have Michael Thomas healthy to have an option on the outside. Um, Sanders is a good player, but he doesn't seem to be quite as good as he was five years ago. But with Michael Thomas there and Drew Brees loves using his running backs and tight ends, but Michael Thomas will help open up the offense. Well, yeah, and Jared Cook had a great game yesterday. If he can continue to get open and Brees can find him open and that would be huge for the Saints because Breeze does love his tight ends. Yeah. And now moving on to the NFC East. Who do you think is going to come out of that? <laughs> it's two weeks left. It's still anyone's game. <laughs> so it's it's kind of, yeah, who's not going to lose? <laughs> who's not trying to lose? I don't know how to say that. Just it seems like who doesn't get in their own way. Yeah, I think it's really just you have to go with the team that already has the lead, Washington. Because I wouldn't be surprised if like every one of these teams goes one and one in the next two weeks. Yeah, I mean with Washington, it's definitely a feel good story. Uh, guy like Alex Smith, a good guy that had a devastating injury. It's good to see him back on the field. Hopefully, yeah. he can stay healthy and lead the team to a playoff berth these last two weeks. It'll be interesting for the Eagles with Jalen Hurts in if he could lead them to the playoffs. I mean, it would 
it would be very difficult right now. They need, like, the entire division to lose out. But they still have a shot at making it. And, I mean, maybe the backup quarterback for the Eagles is just what they need. Just put the backup in midway through the season and you get a Super Bowl if you're Philadelphia. (laughs) That does seem to be the Eagles' key to success. Just backup player just seems to be (laughs) the answer to what they need, which... Yeah, is that just them finally getting healthy on the rest of their team and just playing a quarterback that's not trying to do too much, that's not trying to win the game by himself? And it's going to be interesting to see what they do with their quarterbacks in the offseason. Yeah, now our last subject for the NFL, what are your Super Bowl predictions? Yeah, that's a tough one. I'm... I'm a Saints fan, so I'm definitely rooting for the Saints. And it's I can't see anyone beating the Chiefs right now. I, somewhat, I think the Bills might be the biggest competition to them in the AFC. They have an athletic quarterback that can run the ball and he can pass it 50 yards down to the field. With you know, they've got some good receivers and Stephon Diggs. So it'll be interesting to see if the Bills can keep up with the Chiefs in the playoffs. But I don't think I see any other team in the AFC really challenging them. And definitely, I'm rooting for the Saints in the NFC. But we'll see. The Packers are a formidable team. Even the Bucks could make a playoff run, which pains me as they're in the NFC South versus the Saints. Yeah, and I think... I think the Chiefs have the AFC. It's really going to be interesting. But I think if the Saints get to the Super Bowl, they can contend with the Chiefs. They made it work, got it close against the Chiefs, even with a super slow start from Breeze. Like he started 0-7 for 7 with a pick. And they still were in that game the entire game. And that was without Michael Thomas as well. I think the Super Bowl is going to be the Saints versus Chiefs, a rematch for that Week 15 game. And I think... I do think the Chiefs will ultimately win it, but the Saints will put up a really good fight against them. And now moving on to some college basketball, looking at some scores from the past couple of days, what, which one of these shocks you? I mean, Minnesota beating Iowa. I don't know if that's shocking. It's tough to win on the road in the Big Ten. But this year is a little different with COVID. So maybe that makes it a little easier for Iowa. But that would have been, they still lost in overtime. So Minnesota's playing well right now. Uh, everything else went fairly to script, I would say. Yeah, Minnesota's sitting at 8-1 and one overall on the season so far. Looking really good. Definitely going to climb up the poles with that win in overtime over Iowa. I mean, it's really, it's just Big Ten basketball. Even though there's no fans, it always seems like the home team wins in in Big Ten basketball. It's hard to win on the road in the Big Ten, even if it's a top-ranked team versus the bottom of the Big Ten. Big Ten is always competitive. It's a well-balanced conference. But they do have some really high-ranked teams this year. It's, It's kind of a blood... Bath just playing your conference schedule. You have, yeah. you have a game against the top-ranked team coming up all the time. 
a problem for the Big Ten this year is like, sure, before the conference play started, they had so many teams ranked in the top 10. But as conference play goes along, these top 10 teams are going to move into the teens. And unless someone is able to just completely dominate and take over, I don't I don't know if a Big Ten team will even end up with a one seed, even though they clearly will deserve it. Big The Big Ten champion should be a one seed, but I don't know if they actually will get the one seed. Yeah. I mean, any may not have a one seed, but they might have three two seeds. Yeah. So we'll see how it turns out. And now just looking at the Big Ten standings, a couple teams – 2-0 right now in Big Ten play. Michigan, Wisconsin, Northwestern. Who do you think at the end of the at the end of these 20 Big Ten games will be on top of these standings? That's hard to say. Uh, Wisconsin has definitely looked good. I still wouldn't rule out Iowa as winning. So <laughs> it's I haven't looked <laughs> far enough down to see if someone has somewhat of an unbalanced uh, schedule that they kind of face the top teams at home and don't play them on the road. It might come down to something like that, just a lucky yeah. schedule. I mean, every team's going to have a slip-up too, like Iowa already has on the road. You just, like, from bottom to the top, Big Ten, any team could really be any team, I think. I mean, Michigan State. They were looking great this season, and now they're 0-2 in Big Ten play already. It's going to be very interesting. I think for the Big Ten champion, though, I have to go with Wisconsin. Just to start 2-0 is a great way to look. And they went to Michigan State and beat them already. I think I think Wisconsin is going to take the Big Ten this year. Yeah. Winning at Michigan State is no small task. It's, that's an accomplishment. So they definitely have strong momentum already built up, even though it's two games in. And now moving on to professional basketball in the NBA. Lakers right now are a clear favorite in the West, but who do you think is going to take the East? Right. I mean, the last couple of years, Giannis has basically led the Bucks to best overall record, but they have a new super team in the East. So it's going to be interesting to see how Brooklyn plays. Brooklyn, just looking at the roster, they're deeper than I even realized. They have key players everywhere. They've got two good centers and Kyrie, KD are two guys that can go get a bucket whenever it's needed. To have two guys that can do that truly helps you win close games in the playoffs. I yeah. do not see them losing the East. Those are two guys who I and go through the NBA, look at every player, say, can you get me the bucket when I need it? They're definitely like top 10 in that. Yeah, two top 10, maybe two top five guys. I don't know. Just on maybe not top five overall guys, but two top five scoring guys to go get a bucket when it's needed. Yeah, expect Kevin Durant is just unstoppable. Seven foot tall and can shoot the basketball almost like no one, nobody else. And then Kyrie Irving just has the dribble moves and uh, handles like no one else in the NBA too. 
And now, looking at Christmas Day results, starting with the Nets game, they blew out Boston with KD scoring 29 and Kyrie scoring 37. Exactly what we really were just talking about, how great that duo can be. What do you make of that game? Yeah, that game in Brooklyn's first two games, it's those were impressive. I mean, it's only two games. NBA season's what, 72 games this year. Yeah. So there's a lot of games to be played. But I thought it might take some time for KD and Kyrie to click. But those guys are playing phenomenal right now. thought KD might be a little slow coming back from injury. But he's proving all my doubts wrong. So he is coming back better than ever, it seems, after just two games. So I think... Brooklyn has been the most impressive team in the league for the first two games, I think. Now moving on to the Warriors and Bucks game. A little bit of a surprise as Steph Curry and the Warriors get completely demolished by Giannis and the Bucks. Yeah, the Warriors might have had the two toughest games to start the season, playing the Nets and playing Milwaukee. And the Warriors have the worst point differential or the second worst point differential after two games in the history of the league. So the other two of the top three worst teams in point differential ended up with the worst record in the league that year after two games. That is not a good spot to be in history. So it makes me question whether they will be competing for a playoff spot. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how Golden State can do this year. But I I see this game more on the other side for the Bucks. Like Giannis didn't do that much, only scored 15 points. I didn't really think he played that great of a game. But then Chris Middleton was able to take over and lead the Bucks to this blowout victory. I mean, if the Bucks won't have to rely on Giannis to lead them to victory... They're a threat. Yeah, if they can continue to get all-star level performances out of Middleton, then the Bucks do have a chance to contend in the East. Yeah, and then with truly one of the best defenders in the NBA playing at, that they traded for, Drew Holiday as well, scored 12 in this game. It's going to be really interesting to see how this Bucks new-look team will work out this season. With it, and they're off to a great start with that blowout win over Golden State. Yeah, I think the addition of Holiday definitely makes the team more formidable than they were last year. And they were the number one seed last year. So we'll see where that gets them. Yeah, looking at the Heat-Pelicans game, the Pelicans overall did not play that great, scoring 98 points, but with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson scoring for are combining for 60 of those 98 points. And Miami Heat, the Eastern Conference champions last year, wins with being led by Duncan Robinson with 23 points. Yeah, Duncan Robinson was just on fire from three. So the Heat do have some shooters. They are a balanced team. Sort of remind me of the... Pistons from a decade ago where it wasn't any individual stars. It was just a balanced team. 
effort. So, but New Orleans, their time's not now, I don't believe. I think their time's three or four years down the road with Brandon Ingram and Zion leading the way. I mean, those guys are studs, but they're still several years away from peaking. I think those two, if they can keep them together for their entire careers or for the rest of their careers, because Brandon Ingram hasn't been here his entire career, but if they can stay together for a long time, they will be very special. Brandon Ingram is a great player, along with Zion just being able to completely dominate both of them making 10 free throws each is just, they can take over a game, really. It shows you their aggressiveness getting to the free throw line and just their physicality. So that's two great players to have on your team. But one thing that, looking at the box score, kind of surprises me is Zion did lead the team in scoring with 32, but his plus minus is minus 13, while Brandon Ingram's is plus 2. It's very interesting to see that as they lost by 13 points and Zion's was minus 13. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, part of that could just be who you're on the court against. Court against, and you're just out there with Duncan Robinson. Making all those threes. Yeah, one game, it's hard to read too much into that. It's definitely kind of does stand out, as you said but we'll see how it is over the course of the season. Yeah, and now the final Christmas Day game, or not the final, there were actually two more. One being Dallas and Lakers facing off. Luka Doncic did play a good game, but just wasn't enough for the Lakers to win it. Yeah, the Lakers had some key additions this offseason that I think improved their team, and they were the NBA champions. So that's scary when the NBA champions get scarier or get better. Yeah, like Marcus Salt and Montrez Harrell are better players than Javel McGee. Yeah. I mean, Javel McGee's a pretty yeah. I mean, yeah. And Montrez Montrez Harrell with those twenty two points off the bench to start the season. It's just it looks really good for the Lakers this year. Yeah, it doesn't seem fair to add those guys to. Yeah. LeBron and yeah, yeah. Add Schroeder, who can yeah. find the open man, and also put up eighteen points like he did yesterday. So they're a good team, and LeBron keeps leading them, and AD just uh, benefits from the fact that you can't double him. <laughs> yeah, and the final Christmas Day game was Clippers and Denver. Denver was not able to win this one with the Paul George and Kawhi Leonard being able to win. Yeah, Kawhi even suffered an injury and was knocked out of the game. Needed, I think, eight stitches. But still, the Clippers are they're looking to be a good enough, deep enough team that, yeah, they can survive a game or two without their best player, I think. Yeah. And now, moving on to the last segment of our show. What's one overreaction you have from Christmas Day results? Uh, maybe just looking at Golden State, just their results. They were struggling. So, one overreaction would say that they are bottom five NBA teams still 
with this season. With Curry playing. With Curry playing. One overreaction for me from the Christmas Day results is that uh, the Nets are the best team in the world right now, by far. And that's with if Kyrie Irving can perform at the how great he did with 37 and then KD putting up 30 as well, even with his slow start early on in the game, it's going to be really interesting to see how Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that duo just completely dominated Boston. I think they can do that almost against anyone in the NBA. So maybe even beat the Lakers and like completely destroy the Lakers. I don't know about that completely, but with Katie and Kyrie playing how they did against Boston, I could see it as a possibility. And one final thing real quick, Purdue at Rutgers, December 29th, 7 p.m. Who wins? Purdue. Got to go Purdue. Rutgers playing great. I'm a Purdue guy, so go Purdue. Rutgers just lost to Ohio State. Purdue beat Ohio State earlier. And that does it for the first episode of Johannes Meyer Talk Sports. Swish. <laughs> <laughs>